We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, the evening started with a standing ovation for a couple of former Knicks, and it ends with a standing ovation for the current Knicks. As the Knicks blow out the Raptors, get their third straight win, and go to nine games over 500. Uh, what was a emotional fun night for Knicks fans to welcome back two players that they absolutely fell in love with after the Knicks drafted them. I know how they feel, Mike. They're glad it's over. <laughs> I couldn't wait till it was over. It was fun while it lasted, but I was drained, and I'm sure they are now as they leave the court. Such respect, admiration, and love as these two return just three weeks after being traded. All right. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm happy that's over. Um, mm. That was a lot. That was that was a lot. That was. Uh, that's one of those nights where uh, you don't know how it's going to hit you until it happens. And um, there was definitely a part of me that was dreading this. Uh, I am obviously someone who has had some conflicted emotions over the trade and the players involved in the trade and how I am dealing with that myself, which is to mostly try to <laughs> immediately move on and not dwell on the past. And just look forward to the future. Well, tonight, um, the past came back. And it was very strange. It was very strange. And uh, a little bit surreal. And, uh, I mean, as far as the game went, pretty scary for a half of basketball. When you're looking at these two kids, they're still kids. That's the crazy part, right? It's They've been here forever. And they're still kids. Um, who came up? in your organization who went from rookies to like kind of spunky role players to stars in their own respect. RJ has had moments as a star quickly became a star here. Um, and now they don't, they don't have their own team because Scotty Barnes, although he didn't show it tonight, like this is, this is Scotty Barnes team. But I think that was the thing that I was not, prepared for even though I've been watching a decent amount of Raptors games since the trade because to to see because since RJ got here and since quickly got here they've always been lower on the pecking order with the possible exception of the half a season or three three and a half months where RJ was kind of co-number one with with Randall but there were no stakes because the team sucked so like to see 
them be the headliners. Like, oh, wait a minute. So we're playing against a team and like they are they're the initiators. They're the engines. Like they're the ones that are making it go for that other team. They're the ones we have to worry about slowing down. All right. Well, how are we going to slow them down? And like, you know, we, we, we know their strengths, we know their weaknesses. And it's just, it kind of all came to a head as that game got underway. And it was, um, I got to admit, it was far more emotional in than I, than I thought it was going to be. Um, Thrilled they got the the Knicks obviously got the win. Uh, happy it did not come down to the end. I, I you know I, I think I don't know what people wanted to see in this game, but I, I I'm happy that it's over. Let me just get that out of the way first. Um, a lot of different ways that we could go to start off this post game. Obviously because of of who we played and and what they did and all of that. There's only one place to start, though. And it's the same place I started two nights ago. And it's the same place that I've started a lot of post games since he got here. And it has been said by me and by others that Emmanuel Quickly's ticket out of town was essentially punched the day that they signed Jalen Brunson. And I think when you say it like that, it comes off as a knock on Emmanuel quickly because it's like, well, what, you know, why, why should Brunson's arrival mean that quickly has to go? And I think even though I, you know, quickly didn't have his best game tonight, certainly, although my God, his, some of his, his passing. And he said it, I've mentioned this. He said it the day he arrived in Toronto or, you know, the first press conference in Toronto that he wanted to work more on his passing. He was more of a score first guy here in New York. And now he's, you know, a pure point guard. For this for this team, and like man, if his passing keeps progressing, there is because the offense, the rest of the offense is gonna be fine. Um, he is gonna be. I mean, there's a. I, I'm not saying anything people haven't heard before. Is absolutely an all star upside with him. He is. Is he gonna top out as a top fifteen point guard in the league? Is he gonna top? I mean, could he get to be in a top ten point guard in the league? Like, that's the level of player we're talking about with Emmanuel. Quickly, he's that good. He's that talented. He works that hard. There are questions about his game. You know, he's not a perfect player, um, but he is absolutely a starting point guard for a good team. If you put the right pieces around him, and obviously this Raptors team he's playing on now is kind of decimated, especially after the Pascal Siakam dream. They, they frankly weren't very good to begin with. So, like, this is not this is not where we're going to see that. But he is is awesome, and that. But that's the key here is that's what he is. He's a starting NBA point guard. And the day they signed Jalen Brunson, his fate, as far as that, as far as being that, was sealed in New York. So then it was always a matter of like, all right, well, what are you going to do about it? And we know what they did about it. We don't have to relive old history. And like, there will always be people who will maintain. And I'm, I'm, I can't say that those people are definitely wrong, that there was a path for him to start alongside Brunson as a starting two guard moving forward on this team. And that's your big three, right? Brunson, IQ, um, Randall. Here's the thing of it, though, right? If that's your big three, you need, uh, forget about center, you need something special there to tie it all together on the defensive end at the three. 
and aren't many of those guys out there. And the irony in the fact that they needed to trade quickly to get the that guy, I think, is 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 always going to be the thing that stays with me about this trade. And you saw on a night when, like, you know, OG Ananobi didn't score a lot of points tonight. You know, he he he'll have moments on offense where, like, it's like, man, our, you know. RJ might have got a better shot at the rim than whatever OG just got. He's he's not as smooth with the ball. I thought um, uh, Esparahini uh, did a fantastic job talking to Andrew on the pregame pod today about how, like, yeah, you know, we we're seeing the the, the bumps and, and and things within OG's game. It doesn't matter because what he brings and the way it ties everything else together with what the Knicks are trying to do and where they're trying to go and the necessity of having that piece on both ends of the floor as obviously as a corner shooter as a, as a kind of a, he's not quite a connector, right? Like Josh Hart's more a connector, but like what he is on offense, it's, it's unique in its own right. And then, you know, defensively, I don't need to talk about OG and defense. Um, and it is now allowing quickly to sell and reach the heights that he was never going to reach here. So like, it's not even enough to say that this trade was a win-win. This was, I mean, for all parties involved, including RJ Barrett. Now, RJ started out great. Uh, couldn't quite bring it home. Uh, did we see some of the, the faults that, that held RJ Barrett back when he was in New York come to a head over the, the course of the rest of this game? Sure. I thought he still did a lot of really nice things. And I think the biggest takeaway for me with RJ is this is something that people said so many times over the years, which is that there is like and and you would say you would hear it whether you say it or you hear it, you'd be like, well, that doesn't add up. That's not how basketball works. And the thing is, he's better when he's a focal point of the offense. When you ask him to be number three, it doesn't work as well. You see it. You see it when he has a, t- a chance to take command. He is better in that role than when he has to play number three or lower down the line and, and kudos to Toronto who's using him wonderfully, you know, again, as far Heaney uh, talked about this on the pregame pod, um, getting him downhill before he gets the ball, uh, I think is a big key. Like you want to, uh, obviously it was the thing that almost cost the Knicks this game. It seemed like, or it was going to cost the Knicks this game for about two and a half quarters, um, getting him out in transition at every possible opportunity. Don't, don't make him have to make the difficult plays. Um, I think the challenge for him is going to come when, you know, okay, so he's better with the ball in his hands a lot. Well, how how high is your ceiling as a team if R.J. Barrett has the ball in his hands a lot? And and I think that was always the issue here, whereas they went out and got a guy to fill his role where that is not an issue because the the value that O.J. Ananobi gives you when he, um, you know, has the ball, even though it's a lot less... He doesn't need it to be incredibly valuable, to be, you know, arguably the most valuable role player in the league. So it really did work out great for everybody. Obviously, the the final book on this trade will not be written probably for years. We'll see how high Emmanuel Quickly's ceiling gets. We'll see how high RJ Barrett's ceiling gets. And most importantly, for our purposes, We'll see how high the Knicks ceiling gets. And that brings me back to the guy that I started talking about, which is Jalen Brunson, who is an absolute, no doubt about it, superstar. 
could have had 40 again tonight, except he passed to Randall uh, at the end there for a three before he was about to come out of the game. Shows you what Jalen Brunson does and does not care about. Does not care about his numbers. You know what Jalen Brunson cares? Here's, here's what Jalen Brunson cares about. Jalen Brunson's out there trying to take a charge when they're up by 24 points. It's five, six minutes left in the game. That's what Jalen Brunson cares about. That's what he's about. That is That is one of the reasons why he is one of the most unique superstars. I mean, he's one of the most unique superstars we have in the league right now because he's six foot nothing and he has the low post moves of uh, Hakeem freaking Elijah on. And again, he's he's like a little tall to me. Uh, I'm not a tall man for anybody who doesn't know. So it is, I mean, he, he, he I now I, I wonder with this recent stretch, well, one, how they looked without him, and two, this recent stretch, I wonder if that's going to give him enough of a push to start the All-Star game, because that's that's the only conversation left. I mean, Breen said it at the end of the broadcast. He's going to the All-Star game. He's going to Indy. It's just a matter of whether he starts or not, and and obviously the fan vote has a lot to do with that, and and I, I, I wonder if that's going to hold him back too much, but he's one of the two best guards in the East this year. It's him and, it's him and his Team USA teammate, Tyrus Albert. That's it. Those are the two best guards in the East this year. And so they have this guy. It was always going to be about maximize once they realized what they got. And I don't even think they realized what they got when they got him. Once they got him and realized what they had, it was all about maximizing what you have with him. And yes, he's a superstar. No, he's not a great defensive player. Um, and so it was always going to be about how can you insulate his one big weakness, which is defense. How can you insulate that? And they went out and got Inoji Ananobi, who is perhaps the best. Like if you if you want the best person in the entire league at that, right? Insulating the weaknesses of your of your ball dominant player players, because we got Julius too. So it's just it all it all comes back to that. Um, incredible game from Jalen Brunson. Really, a top-notch game. I would say from every Nick for for as dicey as that first half was, and and it it, it was it was quite dicey. Um, I'll get I'll get back to the to the turnovers in a in a bit because it's it's obviously it's a big story this game. But like for as dicey as it was, like who had a bad game? Um, Brunson it goes without saying. Julius Randle got a triple double. Yeah, Julius Randle was was had some moments in the first. I mean, he ended up with seven turnovers. He had some moments in the first half, especially where it's like, oh my god, Julius, what are you doing? But then he balances those out with some of the. I mean, his passing is it as consistent as you would like? The 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 playmaking, ball handling, passing, whatever you want to say, reaction to double teams, all you know, reaction timing, all that stuff is. It's never going to be as clean and as crisp as you as you want it to be. And if I was a team playing the Knicks in the playoffs, I would be just doubling Julius. Not hard doubles, but like, you know, what Atlanta did, what Miami did. We know how to do it because we see it. Smart teams do it. Like, that's what you do. And you dare him to make the right decisions and trust. And when he doesn't, it's two points the other way because that's that's the big Knicks issue. But, 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 but when he's when he's making the right decision and like he had some of those moments tonight where he was just patient. And just waiting for the play to develop, waiting for whoever it was to cut, whether it was OG and Obi cutting underneath the basket in the second half. He had another one in the first half where he just waited, 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 boom, hit someone on a cut, and it was easy bucket. Um, his passing ceiling right now is higher than it's ever been in his career, which is a testament to him and his work ethic. Uh, talked about Ananobi already. 
Uh, I'm going to get to the centers. I'm going to save the centers for last. I thought DiVincenzo played an outstanding game, obviously 17 points on, on seven to 12 shots. The biggest first great a, a three point shooter as he has been this year. The, and I don't, I don't, this is going to come off as a slight to Grimes. Look, Grimes had some nice moments too. The biggest difference between him and Quentin Grimes and the biggest reason why you have to have DiVincenzo in the starting lineup. It's, I don't even know if it's the threes. I, I think it's what he could do inside the arc again, as a connector, as a finisher, as a, just a, a more diverse offensive player. Um, the shooting helps too. Although for him, he's in kind of, I guess his version of a shooting slump. Um, the guy that I really want to spotlight is Josh Hart because his contributions, he ended up with 10 points and, and nine rebounds. His contributions will get lost in this game because there was so much else going on with Brunson and quickly and Barrett and Randall with the triple double. Josh Hart turned this game around in the first quarter when the Knicks were down 11 and um, like they were, they weren't like playing with bad energy or anything like that. It was just, they were like something that was off, right? They came out, they were firing on all cylinders in terms of shot making, but something was off and it was very clear that it was off. And once upon a time, that would have been Emmanuel Quickly's job to come in and change the mojo. Well, now Quickly's in Toronto. So I thought it was fitting from that perspective that Josh Hart came in the game and changed the mojo. I think he either had eight of his 10 points or all 10 of his points in the first quarter. I don't, I don't even remember. And uh, yes, ended up with nine rebounds. Grimes only shot two for eight, missed all four of his threes. Thought he had some nice moments. He had the very nice dunk. Um, but you also saw that there were some moments where it's like, oh, okay, that's that's why they're maybe that's maybe why he's on the block. Do, um, go back to one play that he made, which I stood out to me a lot in a second. But I do want to mention Deuce McBride. Man, I thought Benji just nailed it with his tweet a little while ago. Hell of a defender. Seems like he's a legit shooter now. Deuce McBride's not a point guard. And uh, exciting night, great night tonight. But when you see what Quickly is doing with Toronto, especially from a passing perspective, with Toronto to 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 process the fact that they went from that dude as their fucking backup point guard to now, and again, it's going to sound like a slight deduce. It is not. He's a very very nice basketball player. I think he could be a rotation player on a good team. To go from that as your as your backup point guard to this as your backup point guard. That's the key. Backup point guard. I mean, you want to talk about a drop-off? Uh, my lord. I mean, the end of that third quarter was was frightening. Um, so but and then last last part of the conversation in terms of going through the the stat sheet for individual players is the centers. Um, the reason I stopped myself on Grimes before is my one of my favorite moments of the game was the two-man game that Grimes and Achua showed on that one possession there that ended up, I think it was in an Achua dunk. Um, and you saw, and maybe Grimes could tap into a little bit more of that. You know who could definitely tap into a lot more of that is Precious Achua. And my Lord, if you had Precious Achua as like potentially the revelation coming out of this game on your bingo card, take a, take a fucking bow. Um, that dude, and it, and credit to Fred Katz, who said it right after the trade on, on his uh, on Katz and Shoot. Precious Achua will have moments where you watch and you see stuff that he does, and you're like, oh my God, this guy's amazing. This guy's like, he, he's incredible. 
And how many of those moments did he have in the fourth quarter, especially? But even before that, I mean, the dude finished nine for 10 for the game. I thought he was really good. Maybe not in the first half. First half wasn't great. Second half, from the moment he came in in the second half, even before the fourth quarter, I thought he was outstanding. And you could do some different things with him. You do different things with him on defense, certainly with the switching. You could do some things with him on the offensive end with his ability to put the ball on the floor and make some plays at or above the level of an Isaiah Hartenstein. Isaiah Hartenstein, obviously a better passer, but in terms of a a full, well-rounded offensive game, Achua could really do some stuff. And getting to a sour note, um, they may need him to do some stuff because Isaiah Hartenstein left this game with a sore ankle. We have no idea the severity of that. Uh, I, for, for as great as Precious was tonight, I don't want to think about what this team looks like without Isaiah Hartenstein available. Truly. Um, Tib, uh, GMAC is telling me in the chat, uh, Tib said afterwards it's a sprain. Okay. That's good. As long as there's no x-rays or MRI scheduled, then that's fine. Achua needs to sit out a game, or excuse me, Hardenstein needs to sit out a game, sit out a couple of games like the Knicks coming up now. They they make a the the long the long trip to Brooklyn. And then uh after that, it's I mean, after that, it's it's Denver and Miami back to back at home, which like and Hardenstein actually I would love to see him against Jokic. Um <clears throat> but honestly, there's a part of me that's like, you know what, you got you know, two-time MVP coming to town. Maybe take that night off of your heart. And you just, you take your medicine if you're the Knicks uh, on that night. And, and then after that, it's bam, uh, a week from today in Miami. Kind of, kind of wondering if maybe two games off wouldn't be the worst thing for Isaiah. We'll see. I'm, I'm, he's not a guy who obviously likes to miss games. He's never missed a game as a Nick. Um, maybe he'll be back at, at Brooklyn. Who knows? And like Brooklyn, like a lot of teams in the league, Brooklyn, they've been struggling a lot, but he's, he's spunky. They're spunky. Like they beat the Lakers last night. It's good, good win for them. So we just hope it's not serious. I mean, a couple games, whatever you hope it's not serious. They, they should have enough to beat Brooklyn. Um, even if he, even if he doesn't give it a go. Um, and apparently there was a positive, uh, Mitch, I don't want to call it news, but uh, Alex, shout out to Alex, uh, are one of our great patrons at, at Nick's Film School. Um, maybe I don't even know. I didn't, wasn't aware that this account existed, but it's apparently an account that that keeps track of like what players' designations are, or something along those lines. And something about Mitchell Robinson's injury designation, I, I think, changed. Um, not, like he's not playing anytime soon, obviously, but something that was that was positive. I thought. Um, couple other just brief thoughts on the game and then I'll, I'll bring GMAC up here and, and we'll we'll get to the Super Chats. Uh, the rebounding was nice to see. Uh, and, and again, this Raptor team is not a good re- rebounding team. Uh, they've never been a particularly rebounding team, which is strange because they've been like pretty big. But even when they had Siakam and Ananobi and Barnes, they're never a great rebounding team. That to, to out-rebound a team 61 to 31 is I mean that's 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 staggering. They almost doubled them up, which is which is wild. Um, that that is another area that was a strength early on, and then it kind of went away, and now it's a strength again. With the and I I 
attributed a lot to to uh, to Ananobi. Um, so great stuff there. Uh, good job by the Knicks. Somewhat limiting the turnovers in the second half. They had. 13 turnovers in the first half. And the big thing in the first half was the Raptors scored 21 points off those turnovers. Second half, nine turnovers, obviously not great either, but they were a little bit better in terms of limiting the points off those turnovers. Raptors only scored eight points off those nine turnovers in the second half. So they cleaned up the one area they had to clean up a little bit, a little bit. Still not great. One another game where you didn't shoot the lights out from three. That was nice. Actually, after the, the first quarter, the Knicks started out seven for 14 from three for the rest of the game. The Knicks only went uh, hit uh, seven of uh, 24. So to to pull away in a game where you're not hitting threes again after the first, that's an encouraging sign. All of these things are encouraging sign as this team continues to try to figure out different ways to win and, and not have to rely on some of the same stuff. Um, but just to really, I mean, I'm really happy. I hope everybody out there is really happy again, quickly and Barrett both got to have some nice moments in their comeback to the garden. But at the end of the day, I, I mean, I, I, that's, I, this is Nick's film school. We care about the Knicks. I care about the Knicks. At least I will always care about the Knicks first and foremost. And um, the Knicks are better today than they were um, before this trade, even if it may not appear like it always on on some nights or or parts of some nights. Uh, And I think they showed as much tonight. So, yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's all I got. I don't know what else there is to say. Is GMAC. Hi, John. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Emotional night at MSG. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Good Knicks win. Um, I thought it was a very nice win. I believe there is some cause for celebration, though. Why? Because, shout out to the fine folks over at Prize Picks. And in fact, if you would like to take advantage of our current promo code, uh, which is prizepicks.com forward slash the KFS, uh, you get a first deposit match up to $100. That's Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. You're looking at a four and four night for the game. Four, four, four. 
Four for four nights. Four, yes. Four, four, you said four, four and four. Um, can I read him? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, go ahead. So listen, prize picks, I love you. Thank you for sponsoring the show. Truly. I we we appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh oh. Jalen Brunson, two and a half threes made. Like yeah. everybody Easy that's money. what like <laughs> do you have a, a cash machine? Like, do you have a, a thing in prize picks headquarters that prints money? Because two and a half threes? What in a quarter? Like when did he hit this? He hit it in the first five minutes is when I hit my bet. Yes, I hit my pick before the second commercial break was done. There you go. So I mean, keep doing it, Price Picks. Like you're you're gonna get a lot of action here from from Knicks fans. Uh, uh, keep moving on, XJ. Not surprised at all. He took this nine point five rebounds and assists for uh, quickly. Hit it with assists alone. A really outstanding passing game for Emmanuel quickly. Um, RJ Barrett from Sean under 20 and a half points. Wait a minute. He didn't go under 20 and a half points, did he? John, not only did he go under 20 and a half points, he took four free throws after he already had 20 points and missed all four. A three for nine night at the line for RJ Barrett. I was watching the third quarter being like, oh, he's going to hit it easily. We're going to go three and one. And it's as if RJ knew, you know what? My last gift to the garden is that the Knicks Film School betting and sweating crew will go four for four in betting and sweating. Um, I mean, I was obviously cognizant of the missed free throws. I think the emo- the emotion of the night probably got, yeah, got, probably got the best of them. Or but you know, I didn't progression. I didn't realize it. Uh, I didn't realize it was it was it was the difference for Sean. And then fourth, yep. last but not least, Mensa, loving this, loving the Scotty Barnes hate. Under 19.5 uh, points for Scotty Barnes. Uh, I think he could have played another four quarters. I'm not sure he would have gotten to 19.5 uh, tonight. Uh, oh, Janet Obi's played some nice defense on Mr. Barnes, I thought. Got that right. I think as a team, the Knicks also defended him really well. The the Josh Hart lineup, the Quentin Grimes lineup when he was out there, they're just across the board. Oh, Scotty Barnes also got hurt early in the game, so uh, he was holding his back at certain points, yeah. so I wonder how, that, how much that had to do. Hopefully he's okay. Like, yeah, like I—he—he's he, going to catch a lot of shit from Nick fans tonight. He is one of the rising stars uh, of the league. How, however, I will say this isn't a Scotty Barnes criticism, but I do wonder. And we'll go to the super chats and talk Knicks after this. But like, hey there, you're good. Get your point out. Moving forward with with building, if you're trying to build the Raptors, if you're Masai Ujiri, like I know Trent has not had a good shooting season. He also hasn't started a whole lot, but like. They have now two elite shooters, not elite shooters. That's the wrong word. They have two very, they have two shooters you have to guard and who could hit shots and quickly and Trent. I'm curious to see how their offense is for the rest of the year between those two guys, because Barnes, is he ever going to be a great shooter? Like, I, I you know, I, I don't, I don't know. He's based, the numbers are there this year. The percentages are good, but like teams are teams like jumping out to guard him, you know, and then, and then there's RJ, right? So it's a, it's a question for them for this summer in terms of like Trent is going to maybe gone, but they're going to I'm sure replace him with a shooter, right? So I it'll be interesting, like where how RJ slots in if he's still in, in Toronto next year because they already they already kind of spaced the floor with their five sometimes between Boucher and Pertle's not a spacer, but he could like you know do some stuff on the offensive end. I don't know. Interesting team building questions for them. I think there's a lot of questions for them over the next, not even the next year, over the next month, because 
the next big question is like, is Gary Trent Jr. and Jakob Pertl on the team on the other side of the deadline as well as Bruce Brown? So if they want to get more assets, I mean, you got Grady Dick who showed that he has a a nice shooting stroke out there. I'll get all the jokes out that you want. Um, However, I... pale, though. What's up? He's pale. pale, He is pale dick. A pale dick, yes. Um, yeah, interesting team building questions for the Raptors moving forward. Hey, what do you say we get some super chats, Andrew? Let's do it. Hold Once on, again, hold go on, to prize. Hold on, hold on. There you go. Was, yeah, yeah. Once again, go to prizepicks.com slash KFS. Use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy, especially if they keep posting two and a half as the over under for brunts and threes. You're not going to get much easier than that. Uh, okay, here we go. I expect this will be fun. So we actually have to start before the game. Oh, Jesus. So actually, my, before the game ended, I should say, shout out to okay. Mythic Monty and to Jasso Focus, who sent in Super Chats before the game ended. Okay. First one is this. Mythic Monty, these turnovers are infuriating. Yes. And Agree. Jasso Focused. Should have bet the over on Julius Randle uh, turnovers, hashtag prize picks. Um, Yes, Jasso Focus. The turnovers were rough, but um, actually, this would be a good excuse to talk about the one thing I didn't want, I didn't get a chance to talk about in the pregame or in the in the preamble. Not that I'm not worried about the turnovers. Not that the turnovers don't infuriate me. They do, and I am a little worried. And uh, people who could see the game better than I can uh, could push back on this. I feel like it's coming from a good place. Because what's been the criticism of this team really since Tom Thibodeau took over, but you know, especially the last year and a half when they've had a very good offense is like the ball movement isn't there. It gets more stagnant. It gets too stagnant and like it, they're easy to figure out in, in close games and the whole thing. Like, yeah, turnovers are awful. And the fact that they don't defend in transition, it makes it worse. I feel like there is a real genuine renewed effort for the right reasons to to move the ball more with this team, especially since OG Ananobi arrived. Obviously, it has not gone well at all times. But you look tonight and like, yeah, I know they had a ton of turnovers. They made some outstanding passes across the board. I mean, that Brunson pass to the opposite corner when he, like, I, I couldn't, that might be the best pass he's ever made as a Nick. And then it went ping, 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 and it ended up, I think, with a br- with him making a three. Um, and Randall had a bunch of those, and there were some other ones with you know Divincenzo getting the ball on a cut, and like Achua involved in the passing. Like, I'm not saying we're like approaching like the Warriors, who were the, the you know just a, they set the new standard for passing over the last five, ten years, whatever it's been. We're not. We're never going to be that. We don't have those level of passers. But like the reason I bring the Warriors up is like, guess what the Warriors also do a lot? They turn the ball over a fuck ton. I I wonder if there's a happy medium, you know, Um, there's going to have to be because Tibbs is going to have a fucking aneurysm if they keep turning the ball over at this rate. But I just wanted to say that I I think it's coming from a good place. That's all I wanted to say. And uh, Mythic Monty with another one. Amazing what we can only do with one rotation point guard. When's that trade deadline? It's uh, it's 18 days, 19 days away, 19 days away. I'm I'm so fascinated to see if there's urgency 
here. And like, the, you'd figure it's going to take to the deadline because these sorts of de- those those level of deals, like you, the team, the the guys that you're trying to get, teams are going to be trying to milk every last dime out of you. This is not. It is not going to be like the Ananobi deal. It is not going to be like the Siakam deal. Those were unique circumstances. That's why those deals happened. The when they did, and I'm I'm not going to go review why that was, but they, those were unique. The sorts of deals now the Knicks are looking to make for a backup point guard, certainly maybe for another big man. Um, it's so they're going to have to figure it out for the next 19 days. Michael Aaron, what's going on, Michael? Speaking strictly on court here, how ecstatic must RJ and Julius be to know they never have to be on the same starting five ever again? Great comment, Michael. Fantastic. I, I, I look. I didn't necessarily love that Julius step back at the end of the what was the third quarter when the game was like still kind of in doubt. Um, you know when he was kind of being playful with RJ there. It's a shame, like because like those guys developed a great bond. They developed a great friendship. I believe that is real. And I don't think either of them like playing with the other. If they did, they sure had a funny way of showing it because they ended their time together with a a giant negative in terms of their on-court time together, which is astounding when you think about how good the Knicks have been by and large over the the time that they played together. Even during times when they were good this year, like it, like last year, like those guys were not a positive together. So uh, good for them to be on different teams. Also a good win from the, for the thunder. I just saw they came back and beat the wolves. Um, Michael Aaron with another one. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate this, man. I'll never forget when Brunson came here. He very humbly said he wasn't a savior and then proceeded to change the trajectory of the franchise. Unreal. He it's. I don't. I don't think I fully processed it. I don't think I fully processed it because he, like you, you want to know the real sin of it. Like, you know, Becky, Becky Hammond got killed for saying what she said. And I don't want to get into all that, but like, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't, your, your, your natural inclination. If you've been watching this sport for a long time, yes, intellectually you are cognizant of, the Koozies and the Archibalds and the Isaiahs and the, you know, AIs and the, you know, the Nashes of NBA history. But instinctively, when you see a guy this size, you don't think franchise savior. It's just not something that it like, even if you see him doing what he's doing and we've been seeing it for a year and a half. And we saw before that when he destroyed the Utah Jazz you know, in a playoff series. Um, It's just, but that's what he is. I mean, he's changed. He's changed everything. And that's why, like, how, how does the conversation continue to change? The conversation continues to change because this notion that like, they need to get, it always goes back. They they need someone better than Jalen Brunson. Like, how many players in the league are they going to go out and get that you're going to want to put the ball in their hands in the last five minutes of a close game more than Jalen Brunson? 
How many of those guys exist here? I'm going to say something that if, uh, if the wrong Philly fan get the, gets their hands on it, I'll get destroyed for it. But I'm going to say it anyway, because I believe it, it might be a silly thing to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'd rather have the ball in Jalen Brunson's hands last five minutes of a close game than Joel Embiid's. And that's only because I've watched Joel Embiid in the Philadelphia 76ers and a lot of close games in the playoffs down the stretch over the years. It's just tougher for a big man to, to who, who like we see those struggles, you know, especially when the guy like he's big, he tires out now. Jalen Brunson gets tired in a different way because he's small. And that takes a toll on him. But like, man, not many guys, not many guys I'd rather have. So like, again, going back to the conversation, you you know, you don't have your best player. Yeah, maybe that's true. Maybe they need to get a player who like all around is a better, a quote unquote, better player than Jalen Brunson. Like is Paul George a better player than Jalen Brunson? I, I don't know. He's a little older now, so it's a different conversation. But okay, fine. Let, for argument's sake, let's say Paul Paul George. When you consider both ends of the court, is a better player than Jalen Brunson. Fine. I'd love to have Paul George on this team. Um, but Jalen Brunson, even if if they get like again, I'm just using it as an example. Paul George, he's still gonna kind of be the man. You know what I mean? So it's an interesting conversation. It's an interesting conversation. It's one that's that's really fun to have because it means that Jalen Brunson is just doing things that we haven't seen as Nick fans for a very long time. Thanks, Michael.